Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsor. Balance Virtually provides full-service financial planning services for small businesses, nonprofits, and startups. We can help you manage your monthly reporting, bank and credit card reconciliations, budget and forecasting, payroll services, and much more. To schedule a consultation with a certified public accountant with over 16 years of experience helping people like you, visit balancevirtually.com. Balance Virtually, your locally owned full-service financial planning service company. This podcast is produced and distributed by BizRadio Asheville. To receive the free BizRadio app, just text the word Asheville to 36260. That's Asheville to 36260. With the app, you can easily enjoy this program and other local programming podcasts on demand. Welcome to the Veronica Edwards Show, where we have fun financial conversations that everyone listening can apply to their personal and professional life. I'm your host, Veronica Edwards, and I'm excited to be back another week on my brand new show. I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in since April the 2nd when the show has premiered. We've received a lot more downloads than expected, so we're on more streaming platforms. So I'm very thankful to the listeners and also thankful to Matt, the creator and owner of Biz Radio Asheville. So let's go ahead and get started with today's show. We have another Asheville native. I think this is my third Asheville native on the show, so I'm very very excited about that. I met this young lady um, in the financial tools course that I teach through Mountain BizWorks, and she immediately t- um, caught my attention, just her energy, um, her smile, but especially her passion for mental health awareness. And this month is May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And her testimony, this guest is a suicide survivor. So I knew her story needed to be heard. And I'm just thankful that she's on today. Today's guest is a mental health activist and the author of The Art of Being Selfish, and also the owner of Tor White LLC. We have today Miss Tor White. Welcome to the show, friend. Hey, thank you for having me. I should have put in there and also the daughter of Jenny Pickens, Miss <laughs> Jenny Pickens, who's also on the show and did amazing. So tell the guests, you know, before we get into um, the amazing things that you're doing as a mental health activist, I would love for you to share um, with the listeners um, just who you are. You're from Asheville. You're black. You're young. You're vibrant. You know, tell us how you fell into entrepreneurship and became the woman that you are today. Yes, so I am an Asheville native, born and raised on the south side, Livingston Heights. All right. Um, so I was born in the projects. Um, I always, I always make sure that I let people know that because where I am, you would not understand the mm-hmm. power of where I am if you don't know where I came from. Yes. Um, so south side stand up. <laughs> yes. Um, I am black, as you said. I am a black woman. I, I am a single mother of two. I have an eleven-year-old son and a five-year-old daughter who are my world. And I am also the mother of um, a fur baby named Tyla. <laughs> but um, I uh, basically I got into entrepreneurship because. I got tired of doing the work for other people. And Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, especially in Asheville, the one thing that we don't talk about a lot is that while people may say that we're a melting pot and we're um, very liberal and everything, Mm -hmm. 
being black and being from here, you see that that's really not the case. And so in wow. a lot of the work that I do, I've, I've been in corporate America since high school, honestly, right. yep. um, like the, the, the job I had between going to college, um, was still in corporate America. You know, I've worked in city government, state government, and federal government. Wow. And so, yeah. So, and, and I'm only and I'm only thirty. So I'm about to say, girl, you going to the White House? Come on. Right. <laughs> so it was just um, I, I recognized the lack of um, opportunities within the community that I came from, and I right. realized the privilege that I had in these spaces. But I also recognized that that privilege, while granted to some, was not granted to all. And so mm -hmm. I realized that it was time for me to step out and really um, formulate a um, business that could be for my people by me, you know, like by yes. people that look like them with them in mind. And so that that's what made me go this route. That is what made me really get into it. Um, I come from an entrepreneur background. Both of my parents, my father is um, a big time entrepreneur in South Carolina. And go ahead, mother. shout out your dad, shout out his yeah. business. So my dad is uh, James White. Locally, people know him as Earl, but he has James White Enterprises um, in South Carolina. And then my mother, who, um, you know, she's on the show as well. Jenny Pickens, who is local to here, and she stepped out um, to do her art full time. And so she travels yes. all around and does art. And so I come from two um, very big entrepreneurs, you know, and yes. uh, who are making names for themselves and very well known in their area. So it was only right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. It was left. destined. It was yes. destined. It was in the blood. So yep. that's where I am now. I love that. So, you know, you touched on that, you know, you're proud to say that you came from the projects and and you want to help people, get, you know, get out of that situation. So what are what's motivate? What really motivated you that you're like, you know, you could have just left and just not looked back. What was it that you think that was instilled in you that you were like, no, I want to have those relationships with my community. I want to help my community. So basically, in a nutshell, um, it was because of I wanted to really be in a place to break generational curses. Yes. Um, generational chains. I grew up in a single parent household. Mm -hmm. I had to witness a lot growing up. Yep. Um, things that the average person, even now, like when I meet with individuals who are way older than me and we talk about our life story and I tell them things I've been through, they're like, wait, what? You, you did mm -hmm. what? You mm -hmm. see what, you know, mm -hmm. and so I realized that there were not a lot of people when I was growing up who was willing to come into those neighborhoods and show us something different. Yes. You know, a lot of times we get stuck in this is this is the only truth that's granted for us. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of people tend to give their pen to someone else to write their story and not realize that, no, the pen is yours to write your story for how you want your story to go. Girl, and so, say that again. What? <laughs> we got to put that, we got to get your mom to paint that somewhere. <laughs> that is very powerful. Do not give your pen to someone else to write yes. your story. Woo. The pen is yours. The pen is yours. And I think historically, when we talk about being raised in low income housing, what they call it now, but the mm -hmm. projects. The projects, mean, girl. You know, yeah. the hood, the ghetto, yep. whatever, you know, however you yep. want to slice it. 
growing up then you've seen generations of families yes stay in those areas you know like i still have family that's been in hillcrest since the beginning so what do you think Victoria? like why do you think that's the case i think a lot of things i think first when we talk about the gentrification of Asheville, Mm. and um, and it happens everywhere but Asheville, especially because this is where we're at listen when you have a lot of people that migrate here and they say oh Asheville is great Mm -hmm. well have you asked the native Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you had right. someone that was born and raised here because at the end of the day the programs and the and the positions that we were put in back then th- those are gone you know like the, the things that we had for people who lived in the projects then are not in place now and so now um we don't have the affordable housing granted that people say oh we have affordable housing well affordable right. housing for who because th- this is not affordable even for a person who w- who if they did make $15 an hour it still wouldn't be affordable right, you know right. so when i look at what housing the housing market was back then compared to now that's a big issue two there are not people that look like me and you mm-hmm. that are in these places and so a lot of times we walk into them they already have the stigma yep. um and it's this this false narrative of who we are and how we look and so a lot of times they don't want to rent to us Yep. You know, like, how do you go into places and say, hey, um, you know, your last on address, my last, I'm going to use the address that I grew up, 324A Livingston Street. And so they see that and they're like, oh, no, I heard of a shooting over there. I don't want them people over here because they're it's yep. Y and Z. And so yep. now, you know, like, so I stay where I know. I right. stay where it's safe. Um, and then also, we just don't have people coming to these communities telling us that there's different out there. You know, yeah. we don't we don't learn about home ownership. We don't learn about the fact that we can go out and and get property and pay less in mortgage than we're paying in rent. Come on now, preach. You know, I was on um, a, a brother show, um, Ryan Deal, and we were talking about um, and and the the real deal. And he's a realtor, and we were just talking about exactly like you said, you know, back in 2008, a one bedroom apartment was $800. Now in 2021, it's $1,200. When you're making, and you're not making $15 an hour, because the average person in Asheville is making 11 or 12. Okay, you're maybe coming home with $1,500 a month after tax. Like, what am I going to do with with that? And and that's why we have so many roommates. And And like you said, people get in situations where they're like, well, this is easy. This is what I know. This is what I'm comfortable with. This is where I feel safe. Right. And this is where I can create a reality for my kids that is not a struggle, not a struggle in a way. You know, we right. still have struggles. And, it, you know, growing up in the projects, I still had struggles, but the struggle looked different. You yes. know, like it was like, no, I could still maintain the bills of this household. Um, so the struggle wasn't necessarily do you come home and the lights are on, but mm-hmm. it was still um, I was able to, you know, formulate a safety net where like if my kids wanted to go out and go shop and I could because mm-hmm. I'm in low income house, you know, but now we get to the point where um, even in people assume in low income housing that they're paying ten dollars, twenty dollars, thirty dollars in rent. And I'll be honest, I've seen some of these places where people are paying six, seven hundred dollars mm-hmm. to live in these areas. And I'm like, gosh, like this this is not okay. Right. Why do why do you have to pay that much money to live in this area when you could be paying that and live somewhere different? And I I, I mean, at the end of the day, we know we know the reality. Keep keep people where they are so we mm-hmm. can um control 
what Asheville looks like. And I know a lot of people don't want to talk about it, but that's the truth. It's the reason yeah. why Depot Street looks the way Depot Street looks now. Yep. There's a reason why um, over there, Bali Walker, what, what was Lee Walker Heights look the way it is now. There's a reason with Asheville looks the way that it does now. It's yep. because you want Asheville to be um, beautiful and looked at as white and mm -hmm. not black. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that's a that's the raw and uncut truth. And that's why I'm the uncomfortable conversation starter. All right, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. But we need to have those conversations because that's the only way that we can start making that change and you know help those better understand. Because I have a lot of white friends that they wanna help, they wanna understand and they wanna be there. And I think unfortunately there's been so many times where people have been disappointed by folks that said they were going to help and then people are just kind of get stuck in their ways. But I love that we're, it's a new generation. Like you said, we're going to end these generational curses. And I would just love for you to share how now you've blossomed into being a homeowner and your mom is a homeowner and you guys are in Swannanoa. And I would think that that had a lot to do with you having Tor LLC services. So what type of services do you provide under Tor LLC? So um, I provide coaching and consulting. So on the coaching side, I am a certified life coach and recovery coach. Um, in recovery, I can do all things substance abuse related, gambling addiction and mental health uh, recovery. And then in the life coaching, I focus on black women. And the reason that I focus on black women is because I'm a black woman. And mm -hmm. so I understand the traumas and the difficulties that we go through um, with just being just being a black woman, you know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of um, generational traumas that we don't realize we carry in our bodies, that we don't realize that we carry throughout life. And so until we are willing to unpack those traumas, we will continue um, business as usual. And the reality of it is we can't continue as business as usual. And we've seen that over, especially over the last year, um, as the rise of BLM and everything else. Um, and on a consulting side, I um, help organizations really try to dive into how do I address mental health? What does mental health look like? And how do I create programs um, that helps to aid in not only conversations, but support mm -hmm. as well as offering training. So I can go into um, various organizations and teach them, um, get them trained in mental health first aid as well as some other different things that I am uh, putting in place to roll out this year. Um, so that's, you know, that's, that's the, the note, uh, the nut of what I do as far as mm -hmm. white LLC. And I will say that, yes, for sure, that is what um, pushed me into homeownership. I will say that I was, when I tell this story, people are always like, what? But I was homeless before. No, tour. Yeah. So I I had a very rough, back in 2015, a very rough year. And mm -hmm. that um, that ended with me being homeless. And so. Um, and at that I, time, so young, you was like 25? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was young. Yeah. Um, I was. And, and the thing is, when I tell the story, people are like, always like, what? But I was still employed, but I couldn't work because I was so sick um, and mm. I was pregnant and I had my son. And so, so you I were pregnant to, and homeless. I was pregnant and homeless. I had to move here and sleep on my mom's couch in her wow. one bedroom apartment. 
mm-hmm. um, where I kind of just had to like sneak and and stay there. I was, you know, couch surfing. I could have went to a shelter. I could have went to housing and asked for an apartment. But I also knew that we tend to not move when we're in comfortable situations. Mm-hmm. And so I refused to put myself in a comfortable situation because I knew that my what I wanted, what the goal was, could not I could not get there if I wasn't uncomfortable. Right. You know, like I, I knew that I could get stuck. And it was a lot of people that were in my ear. You need to just apply for this. You need to go do this. And that's not knocking anything because, like I said, I was born and raised in Livingston. That will always be like Livingston sure. taught me everything. But I also understood what it was like living there. Right. And I didn't want my black son to get accustomed to that. Yes. So um, I had to make some tough decisions. And I just, I made a vow to myself. I said, before I deliver this child, I will be in my own place. Yes. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know. Yes. But you <laughs> spoke it out. You spoke it exactly. out and you slipped it. Exactly. And I didn't stop until I got it. And so that that hustle mindset is really what got me through my darkest days. It's what got me into becoming an entrepreneur. It's what got me into writing a book. It's yes. you know, like everything that I do is because I've everything I talk about is what I've done. I don't talk about anything that I haven't experienced. Granted, I like I tell people all day long, I have training, I have certifications, mm-hmm. I have all of that. But I also have lived experience. And I think that is the thing that separates my business from other people. Because a lot of people come into places wanting to teach you how to do things, but Mm -hmm. they're only teaching you from the lens of education. They're not teaching you from the lens of experience. And experience at the end of the day means a lot, especially when you talk about the life of mental health. Don't come to me telling me how to get through depression and you've never been depressed. Come on, you know, now. like yeah, it, it, you you yeah. don't know what it's like. Don't tell me what it's like to live in low income housing, and you've never had experience that. Don't tell me what it's like to dodge bullets, mm. and you live behind a picket fence. <laughs> yes, know, like, like it's just it, it, it's certain yeah. things that just not gonna resonate with me, right? Um, and so I had to make sure, like, hey, like if I want my community to look different, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm I'm now set with the skills and the tools to do that. So why yes. not why not do that? Why not be that? Absolutely. And, you know, uh, I, I highlighted in the beginning in your intro about you being a suicide survivor and you being so honest and willing to share that in our first introduction in the financial tools class. And I was sharing as well as my sister's suicide in, in November 2017. And for, you know, in this show, we talk about different tips and um, guidance you can give people with your experience. What is something that you can tell someone that's listening that's might maybe struggling with depression or think having suicidal thoughts or know someone that's dealing with that? What kind of advice can you give those that's listening? First and foremost, I would say it's very important to understand two things. One, you are not alone. Mm-hmm. And two, Black people do commit suicide. Black yes. people do live with depression. Black people can get therapy. Yes. Um, I think it's very important that we reach out. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stigma. There's a tremendous amount of stigma. I still would deal with people who look at me sideways when I tell them that, yeah, I, I wanted to take my life. Like yeah. that that's the reality. I I had the letter sent. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I had accomplished what I thought was going to be the end and, um, that's okay. 
Yes. You know, it, it's okay to be to not be okay. It's okay to be in a place where you need more than what we are accustomed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think utilizing therapy, utilize, understanding that therapy comes in all shapes. Yeah, you know, like there's no one way to therapy. You have various therapy options. You Talk, have yeah, talking to your mother. Art is a form of therapy. You art know, is like, a form of therapy. Yes, art. You have um, music. You have dance. Um, CBT, so many. You have mm-hmm. dance. You have all these different outlets. Acupuncture, be, even exactly. <laughs> um, where it can be healing and therapeutic, and you do have people you can talk to, and understanding that. You don't. You can try multiple therapists before you find the one that's right for you. Exactly. You can, um, and you don't. You can choose a therapist. You can choose a counselor. You can choose a peer support. You can choose a coach. Like you can just have a community that is safe. There are various ways to go about it, and so I think it's very important that people understand there's no cookie cutter to this. Um, when I wrote, when I wrote the book, The Art of Being Selfish, that's what I made sure that I talked about is that there are ways that you can discover, understand, and accept who you are um, just by doing true internal work. Yes. You know, like a lot of times we go into spaces and we expect others to be the reason that we're happy. We expect others to be able to know our triggers. We expect others to be able to um, heal us. We expect others to be the reason Mm -hmm. for anything that happens to us. But the reality of it is we control us. Yes, Tor. You, Tor, I have, oh my gosh, I'm going to let you finish because like, you have so many jewels and I definitely want to make sure that you can promote how people can get in touch with Tor White LLC. And we're definitely going to have you back because I want to just have a whole show talking about the art of being selfish, that book. I love that. So please tell the listeners, how can they get your book, The Art of Being Selfish? How can they get your services? How can they just reach out to you? Yes. So I am available. Um, you can reach out to me via my website, which is simply tour. It is spelled S I M P L E E T O R.com. Um, I am simply tour on Instagram as well as on Facebook. So you can reach out to me on any of those platforms. Um, my book is also on my website as well as, um, on Amazon. I am uh, in the process now of working on um, a mental health slash book launch. Awesome. Um, although the art of being selfish has been out for a while, I I rolled it out during the pandemic. So okay, okay. Um, I was not able to actually do a book launch, which I will do. So be on the lookout for that. That will be on my website once that is finalized, and it will be in Asheville in a black-owned business. Come on now. Is- Um, which is Noir Collective. So I'm in the process of working through that. Um, As well as um, coming out next month, I am doing the the Power of the Youth Conference. And what's that exact date? Because this show will air on June the 11th. So I want to make sure people... So I want to say that it is June 16th. It will be every Wednesday for five weeks from nine to four at the Wortham Center. Um, if you would like to get more information on that, just contact me directly. Um, this program is for rising sixth through eighth graders. And basically what we're going to do is do healing through spoken word. And I so, love that. Yeah, we're going to really dive into um, how to release ourselves in a positive way. So if you have kids who like to rap, sing, um, draw, you know, anything mm-hmm. like that. This will be for them. I'm only taking 15 students at the max. 
but it will be very intimate and this will not end with just the summer. I will make sure that they have access to me throughout the um, years to come. So That's awesome. Well, Tor, thank you so much for coming on the show and being transparent and, and having uncomfortable conversations and dropping the jewels on writing your own destiny. And we just thank God for you and that you've pushed through and that you're bringing people up along with you as well. So I just want to thank you for being a guest today. And I want to thank the listeners for tuning into my show, which is on 4.30 p.m. on Fridays, the Veronica Edwards Show, and it's on bizradioashville.com, and you can also get the app by texting Asheville to 36260. So again, Tor White, thank you for everything that you're doing in Asheville, and keep being unapologetically you. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.